Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle has won. Let's get into the games, though. Uh, Sharkies, they defeat the Cowboys. Easily the best game of the year for the Sharkies. Now, I don't know whether if some of you may have listened to Packer Up Boys, some of you may not have, but I don't know whether this was... Maybe it's a mixture of both. Was it the Sharkies really good? Was the Cowboys really bad? Or was it somewhere in the middle? I think the Sharkies, though, in regards to, like, attack and defence syncing up, it's definitely their best game of the year. What do you reckon, Guru? Without a doubt. Uh, the 44, we know they can score points. We all knew that. It's the, it's the six that impresses me. Um, I think the Sharks are a real chance this year. I genuinely mm. do. So, Cowboys, fuck, I don't know what's happened there. Oh, my God. Like Because the thing is, is you, don't, you don't forget to tackle. You don't forget to attack. It's purely a mental thing. And, again, we've, we've spoken about it ad nauseum now, so Cowboys fans must be sick of hearing it. But it's like... Were they overtrained? Were they undertrained? Have we got a Cowboys? Any Cowboys fans here? Any chance? Or is it literally the only team is near? They've gone into hiding. Oh, no, <laughs> got one there. Pass the mic to him. Here we go. Yeah, he's the first one. What do you, What do you reckon's gone wrong, mate? Not really. I, like, I don't know if they're undertrained or underdone because the contact, like, it's non-existent. It's mm. like we're playing grab and everyone else is playing tackle. Like, it's just yeah. weird. Yeah, you're right. It, it, you're right. The contact is a big issue, and it's such a specific thing, but. When you look at all the stats from the games, they have minimal tackle breaks and then they have also a lot of tackle misses. And it's like, I can't see a world where Todd Payton would undertrain a squad. You know, we're talking about a guy that the players were coming out of 2022 going, this is the hardest preseason I've ever had. Or sorry, 2021 into 22. Coming to 23, I highly doubt that he was like, you know what? We had a tough one last year. Let's just pull her back. What do, you, what do you reckon is the Cowboys? Well, this is what we spoke about at the start of the year, that teams that, you know, jump from the bottom to the top all of a sudden. I think there was three teams we said. There was Cronulla, Parramatta and the Cowboys. And Cronulla, I think they're cruising along just fine. Parramatta, they're sort of in the middle of them. But for me, the Cowboys, it's like they've fallen off a cliff. Like, like I would argue that performance we saw the other night was worse than before last year. Mm. That was awful. They were never in that game, never a chance. And we sat here for three weeks going, oh, when Drinkwater gets back, though... Mm. Might have got worse. 
it is honestly shocking. And what's when you compare it to the fact that they, in a final series, went down there in like a famous match where it was to the death, you know, <laughs> win by a field goal essentially. Was it a field goal that they won by? Yeah, Val Holmes. Yeah, Val Holmes. Yeah. Then they go back down here. The next time they go back down there, they get absolutely towed by the team that they beat. And it's just like, how how does, like, what is the difference in training where one team comes back and takes a step up pretty much and the other team takes a thousand steps? What do you reckon it is, Timmy? Well, what my question was going to be, Kempi, around the, the coaching style with Todd Payton, you said, how you know, reportedly very intense, not reportedly, they have very intense pre-seasons, they go very hard, <clears throat> but it can only be sustainable uh, for a certain length of time. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about Michael Maguire at the Bunnies, the amount of success he had there, but eventually it gets to the point and the players just go, we well, can't do this anymore. And you can only stay at the top for so long, at that level of intensity for so long. <clears throat> I, I don't know, Is are the Cowboys of that now where they've come off the back of a massive year, both on the field, off the field, is you know, is a burnout off a massive season? Yeah. Well, the tough thing is, is that then you look at the Sharkies and similar situation. Fitzgibbon had a notoriously tough. I mean, I spoke to Andrew Fafita after his, um, you know, he basically had what one year under Craig Fitzgibbon, mm. and he said it was one of the toughest preseasons he'd ever done. And so, you just got to ask. I, I just wonder, like. If Fitzgibbon's preseason was tough and the Sharkies were out to, about able to back it up, then is like Peyton's preseason just so so tough, mm. or is it just a hangover from the fact that Townsend was brought into camp uh, for New South Wales, McLean was named, did and played, Tuolangi played, Holmes played, uh, who else? Reese Robson was brought into camp, Cotter played in Origin. Could it be a mixture of? You know, maybe a, there's a few players who are a little bit content with their success last year, maybe. Yeah, I think I heard Gordon Tallis mention that the other day, that there's guys there that got origin jerseys, they got test jerseys, they got re-signed. Complacency could be a problem there. And it's like the only player that has come back this year and maybe even gone to another level is Val Holmes. Yeah. And he's the superstar that knows what it takes to be at the tippity top for many years. And I think he's been utilised terribly up there mm. so far like, this season. With Madge at the Bunnies, they went prelim, prelim, won the comp, elimination final. Then they finished 12th, finished 12th with a, still a pretty good roster. Yeah. And that's when it was like, you know, it's time. Madge is going to move on. The boy, the, they can't cop this intensity anymore. Todd Payne's been there a year. Like this is what, second year at the club? So, yeah. Or so third year th- at the club. Third year, third yeah. year at the club. You wouldn't think they'd be burning out that quick. Oh, sorry, and, two and, a half, and getting so close to a grand final, you'd be thinking that'd be like just more fuel to the fire, wouldn't you? Yeah. So whether that's an excuse or not, I'm not sure. But they, I, I will, look, in their defence, they have, what, Nanai uh, out? No, sorry. Nanai was injured for a little bit, wasn't he? And then Luki. Bit he was, yeah. Suspended. Suspended. Suspended twice now. Luki injured Damalolo. now. Damalolo. Damalolo out. Yep. Um, Leilua's not there yet. Leilua. Leilua, Neem. Griffin Neem. Neem. So you're looking at like five key forwards. Jordan McLean's been in and out a little bit. As well. so, sorry? Tama. Yeah, Tama. Tama. Okay. So but this is a team that at the start of the year we were saying their depth is amazing. Yeah. They could lose X amount. It's next man up. They're mm. that sort of footy side. So it is disappointing to see them fall this way. We've seen a number of teams that have had worse injury runs than this and handled themselves much better than this over the last few years. I just, if I had to guess, and you know, when you're in it, it's the, you obviously got so much more information than, than we do. If I had to guess, if I'm Peyton, I'm just going, boys, let's just 
it sounds so simple. It sounds almost cliche and corny, but it's like, how do we bring fun back into footy? Because it just doesn't look like they're having fun. Like there's no intensity in anything they do. And I, I think the Cowboys just need to get to a point where it's like, don't worry about the scoreboard. Don't worry about stats, this, that, and the next thing. I just want to see 80 minutes of the highest intensity possible. And then we can work everything out mm. from there. Because at the moment, it is not even, as we've said, week after week, you look at their stats and the contact <clears> is no tackle break. Like, not no, but barely any tackle breaks and a lot of tackle misses. That's intensity. Their middles have been so poor. Mm. And like I said, they're not winning the middle at all. They look like Gloucester, and I think Reese Robson's a great example of this. A bloke who was on the fringe of the... It was in the New South Wales extended squad last mm. year, in and around camp, and he's had some moments this year, but he's fallen off the face of the earth a little bit. He's a hooker. <laughs> when your forwards aren't winning the middle and going forward and not <coughs> providing these quick play the balls, hookers can't do anything. Mm. So I think that's a great reflection of where the Cowboys are at. I think, as you said, maybe bringing <coughs> some more fun into it and whatnot, Magic Round next week, they play on Sunday. So that's like a 10-day turnaround. Mm. So if they don't get something next week... To have 10 days to prepare for that game in Magic Round. Yeah. It's trouble. I, I honestly, if I'm Peyton, I'm not even, t- I'm not telling them up. I'm not doing any fitness. I'm not even doing a lot of contact it, during the week. I'm just trying to freshen them completely up just to get a win, just to get a win. Like, so that that 80 minutes of footy, we come out and we just rip and tear. But let's get on to the happier side of things. The Sharkies. They got Hot Boy Hines in the middle there at number seven that is just absolutely ripping and tearing. I don't think... When was the last time we had a bloke this loved by other blokes? Seriously. He is so... Like, if you don't like Nico, there's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with you. Seriously, like, what, what more can this guy do? He plays good rugby league, and he's unbelievably good bloke off the field, a role model for so many kids um, off the field as well. And he is absolutely... And not only is he playing good rugby league, it's exciting, highlight reel kind of stuff. Got a Sharkies fan at the front here. Mate, what, what, do you, what are your thoughts of Sharkies and Nico? It's all, it's all with Nico, isn't it? Like, he's the guy that... Everything happens for him, doesn't it? Like, he made three errors on the weekend and no one's even talking about it because he's going that well. Like, if you ask me before the Cowboys game, I was a little bit concerned that it, with him out, we didn't go as well. You know, Trindle was in there, he did great, but, um, yeah, it, it was just the, such a complete performance by not just Nico, but for the whole team. Like, we just said, six points conceded, 44 scored. I think we only missed, like, 13 tackles the whole game. We, yeah, it, we, should be, we should be up there in the premiership window this year. Like, we've we just been going so well. And um, Honest question, yeah. when they signed Hines, did you think it was a good signing? As yeah, a halfback? As, as, a, as a seven? <clears throat> I thought if anyone could do it, he could. Mm. I just, because from what he's been, how he's been talking like to the media and just, he, he just is a kind of guy that looks like he wants to have the responsibility. He wants to, he wants to take the goal kicks. He wants to like kick from the short side. He just wants to like be in and around the ball. He wants to like lead the team. So, mm. I mean being as a Sharks play, uh, fan, it's very biased of me to say that, but like I, I always had sort of faith in him that he would deliver. Mm. Um, whether it was going to be with Moylan or Trindle, I kind of hoped it was going to be Moylan, which is good because he's been going so well this year. But um, yeah, I, I always had always had faith in him that he would deliver, for sure. What do you reckon your team's biggest weakness is then this year? Because you've had yeah. issues left side. Left side defence, defense, yeah. So... Being the pessimistic Sharks fan that looks under them in a microscope, like it's that, yeah, left hand side with, I think it's Moylan, Wilton, Talakai, and um, is it Ronaldo? Yeah, Moylan, yeah. Talakai, yeah. 
I, I think, yeah, that, that's probably going to be our major weakness, I think. Like, it, as, as, much, as good as, like, for example, Talakai was, he was outstanding on the weekend, like, watching with the tries and try, but a part of me sort of is starting to feel like, is he going to be there long term? Like, in the centres, I'd, mm. I'd be tempted to put him, like, back row, maybe start him off the bench for, like, an impact player, get someone like um, Connor Tracy in the centres or, like, Cal Eero, who's coming through the grade, like... Um, had a good lot of reps about him. Um, yeah, uh, I think also we tend to sort of, besides on the, against the Cowboys, we sort of float in and out of games. So I think we've like, we started okay or, or good. And then it's like sort of the back end of the first half, start of the second half, we just sort of go to shit and we just concede a bunch of points and mm. we kind of can't, can't get back to the game. Didn't happen on the weekend, of course, but um, yeah, it'd probably be just that, I guess. And it would have been ill discipline as well with like errors and penalties and, mm. and whatnot, yeah. Well, whilst you're here, do any other Sharkies fans want to have a question? Yeah, well, whilst you're handing that, what do you reckon, Guru? Yeah, just whilst we're moving down there, I was talking to a bloke on Friday night about Nico Hines. And he said to me, he goes, it's amazing what Nico's done, that he wasn't a halfback when he arrived. He went, he won a Dallium in his first year. He took them deep into the finals. Incredible. He goes, has anyone ever done that before? And I sat there and I went, it's exactly what Jonathan Thurston did in 05 with the Cowboys. Went there from the bench at Canterbury, won a Dally M, took them to the grand final that year, went one step further than Nico, to be fair. Well, he, I mean, you could argue, sorry to jump in, yeah. you could argue Nico's is better because the Cowboys were in a prelim before Thurston got there. Exactly right. The Sharkies missed the finals in 2021. So, and he said, he said, fuck, if he can do half of what JT did up there, unreal. So you're in a very good spot. You got yourself a winner there. Yeah. Um, I just want to say I think every bloke in this room thinks that Nico is the man that they want to be. Um, <laughs> I'll just put that out there. Tim still wants to be Jack White. Love South Sydney. I want to be Alan Tongue, mate. <laughs> I guess my question is for you guys. Um, do you think the Sharks' backline is still an underrated backline in the competition? Um, as a Sharks supporter, I feel like a lot of people would rate maybe Roosters, Melbourne, Rabbitohs, above the Sharks, back line. Um, I just think they're a bit underappreciated. I think I heard a stat over the weekend that Sif Talakai has the most try assists in the comp, like nine or ten. Me. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I just wanted to get your opinion of what you guys thought uh, of the Sharks' back line as a whole, um, including, obviously, the glorious number seven. I, th I think they have the potential to be the best backline in the competition, and that's that's uh, it's a huge statement. They just need to round out little parts of their game. So you've got Molotalo, who he can have a brain explosion every now and then, and this is glass half empty kind of chat. Then you've got Talakai, defensive read sometimes. Matty Moylan, when Hines isn't playing, seems to not be anywhere near the same player. They just seem to complement each other so well. Hines, if I'm being super critical, has the three or four errors in him sometimes, even though you know he, he, he ends up making up for it. Um, I actually think out of the whole back line, the two most underrated players now are Katoa and Kennedy. Um, I think Ramian also doesn't... like. The, so it's the your right edge that actually doesn't get as many raps as it probably should. Ramian is so consistent. Uh, Katara as well. Like the amount of times coming out of trouble, he's probably your best coming out of trouble player. Uh, and Kennedy, just because like he doesn't 
he'll probably never be able to compare in regards to like Teddy or Dill Edwards when it comes to like ball running because it's just his, his body shape. But he's, he's silkiness with the ball. He doesn't need to because when you've got Katoa, Mulatalo, Ramian and Talakai, like these are all guys that can hit 200 metres a game easy. So I, although I don't have them as a top, you know, three backline yet, I do believe that if they round out parts of their game, they absolutely could be a top three backline in the comp. What do you reckon, Guru? Yeah, I do think they're underrated, mate. I think that um, you know you've got you've got a back five there that I know Siffer played. He came off the bench last year as a middle forward, but five guys that don't play Origin there, and I know some of them are Kiwis and they can't and whatnot. But when you can't play Origin, I think it it, it, it sort of puts a cap on how highly you can be wrapped until you win a comp, and then it changes the way that people look at you. So for me, <coughs> Jesus, I think all five of them are very underrated for sure. Timmy, what are you? Yeah, reckon? I'm such a believer in the Sharkies. I've tipped them a few weeks ago to win the comp, and I know it's probably a bit more out there than sort of a few of the more heavier fancied sides. But they're just they're ticking so many boxes for me. They've got the depth. I think one to seventeen, they're outstanding. And we talk about the backline, putting it in supercoach terms. People say, "Oh, should I buy Mulatalo or Katoa Ramian?" <clears throat> I don't know because on any given day, any of those players could score, cut the tries, or set a few up. And that's a reflection of their attack being so balanced. They can score anywhere on the park. Like, you look at the Bunnies in recent years. They'll go that left wing. It'll be Alex Johnson in the corner. Paramount Eels, same thing. They'll play the left. Cut ball, Gutho to Sevo. Sevo scores in the corner. The Sharkies, anyone is a... Like, they're all threats. And they can play just as well on the left, right, as they can on the left. So, I think they're a massive shout to win the comm. And they haven't put a foot wrong this season for me. Like, I think they're great. And then whenever you've got injuries there, Connor Tracy comes in. Yeah. He might be the best player in the team as soon as he comes in. Braden Trindle comes in, he kills you. You've still got Iroh as well. Iroh's these yeah. sort of guys yeah. that, oh, like, I think he's going to be a proper yeah. superstar. Mm. How about Kenny? Good sort too. Yeah. Very good sort. <laughs> How about the, the other day, I was having a coffee yeah, down on the beach in Cronulla, mate, and doing a bit of work. Mm. Hard work that I am. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Anyway, yeah, you really rip in. Yeah, I don't stop. Jesus, <laughs> Sunday nights. Anyway. Uh, had to make two trades that week. <laughs> <laughs> Very tough. <laughs> yeah, hard life. Anyway, I'd finished my coffee. He went to pay the counter, and they go, oh, it's actually been covered by, by someone. And I'm like, seriously? I'm like, who? And so I just wanted the people in here, and I go, where were they sitting? They are oh, two tables behind you, like like uh, tall, athletic-looking bloke. They said, "Yeah, that was him. It was Ronaldo Molitalo." Oh, yeah, good. Yeah, and that I asked about. It. She goes, "Yeah, he left and just goes, oh, I'll pay for that table, that table, that table, and that table. Just picked a random bunch of tables and covered it all." No I was way. like, "What a legend!" That Devastated, so I didn't get the big brekkie to go for coffee, but what <laughs> 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 what a legend though. Might have thought you needed it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, Mate, what an, I mean, that is a class, <laughs> that is a yeah. class act. And to do it without expecting anything in return, you know, like he didn't wait to be like, nah. hey, it was me that did it. He just, boom, did Nothing. it bounce. Yeah, Mulatalo, even like when I've asked him for to come on the podcast or anything, he's like, yep, I'm there. Tell me where and when, which is like so funny because he is a pest on the field, which I love. But I can understand why fans don't like it because obviously it's against your team. But he is an absolute legend off the field. All right, we've got to talk about it. We'll try and keep this to six hours of talking about it because I think it's going to take this long. How many, and, and be honest, how many people here genuinely know what a hip drop is? Got a couple. That guy's lying. And no, it's, it's all right if you do, like if you, if you feel you do, because I'd love to talk about it. Andrew Abdo said it today on Sunday Footy Show. Okay. Yeah, oh, well, he's on there. I, I don't know whether I, I... I still am a bit unsure as to what it is. You you said you felt 
sort of ish. I think we're all I think in that, it's that if boat. You sort of drop your legs and take weight off your legs as you swing around to the back of their legs. Like the Nanai one looked pretty like a consensus for a hip drop, but they're all different. And then mm. you hear, well, what's the difference between a penalty hip drop and a sin bin hip drop? There's mm. no real. Do you want to pass him the, the mic? Well, the, you had the Hopgood one where he come from the side <laughs> and um, actually hits the side of his knees and then he got the suspension from that. Oh, the, got the sin bin for that. So, yeah. like, that's not the back of the legs. So is there any contact with any part of the lower legs where you've lost control, lost your feet, and then swung around? Yeah. Or is it actually the back of the legs? Or Oh, know? mate, I'm, I'm in the, I've, got, I've got no idea. I've, um, I'm not going to say which play it was, but... The, the game Roosters versus Warriors today, I saw like a textbook six-week hip drop, like bad, but because the player that it got done on didn't get injured, wasn't even a penalty, didn't even get stopped. No, no, I'm not going to say who it is. I'm not going to say it is. It wasn't. It wasn't Egan. It wasn't Egan. It wasn't Egan. I'm not going to say this. No, nah, no, it was, it was, <laughs> let's put it this way, it was on Adam Fenor Blake, so he, he, he just got up and played the ball and whatever, but the, the concern I have with the hip drop is, is that we don't really know, like as a player, it is, I think it's boiled down to essentially you can't, you just can't lose your legs, like if you lose your legs whilst holding onto someone's hip, you could be done, because it, we've, there's been penalties where a guy uh, hasn't even touched the legs and they've been done. What was it? Uh, a couple of weeks ago against Manly, Olakawatu. Mm-hmm. He didn't actually touch the back of his legs. Um, but the reason why I wanted to ask was because what's ironic with the Nanai one, I think that's a clear hip drop. We can all agree, like, clear hip drop, come down hard, like, four to six weeks. I'm totally happy with that. Who thought the Sonny Luke one was a clear hip drop? Just out of interest. Is that... Uh, Hands up, you thought that was a clear hip drop? Just out of in? Okay. See, that, that, that one, I felt like... I, I, actually, I'd rather... I'd like to hear what you two think. But I thought in that moment, Sonny had two options. Get suspended and gets Tim in, or let go and miss a tackle. Mm. I just... I, I think that, like, it's one of those wins... That, like, okay, let's say uh, if someone hits my shoulder here and they're running past me, I'm only naturally going to swing yeah, around. If you lose the contact, you're going to end up Ugh. there. So I don't know. It's You're either going to have to let go. As I said, if the definition essentially is you'll lose your feet, then we're going to see this. And people are going to say, well, we'll think about the, the head high crackdown and rah, rah. The difference with this is this like, this isn't a technique. This mm. is physics. Like this is, you, this is the way you swing around a body if you lose your feet. So we're going to get to a point where players are genuinely just going to have to hold on and not, not lose their feet and just run with the player. Well, there was a comment that one of the commentators <laughs> made <laughs> where he said, if you see studs, hip drop. Because both the feet what? left the ground for a short amount of time, didn't they, with Sonics? Yeah. Yeah, and it was like, so I backed the referees in that scenario where they've obviously been given a directive that if they're, you know, the, they're grabbed onto them, they lose the legs and they both lift the ground, that's where they go straight away, bang, hip drop, you're gone. So I don't knock the refs for that. As a rugby league fan... Fair dinkum, like a joke. Yeah, what, so I, embarrassing. It will be interesting though because we have this every year. There's something every year, whether it's not putting your foot on the play the ball, whether it's not doing something where they go hard at it for six weeks, and then three weeks later, no one remembers it ever. But I think this is going to be part of the game because it's a momentum thing a lot of the time. Yeah, so it'll be this, interesting to see how long it does. But this, I think, this is worse, like because we've spoken about it the last couple of weeks. I don't think there's a fix to it. I don't think you can train it out of players because you're making a tackle. It happens. Mm. And it's deciding games. Not only is it deciding games, but blokes are getting four or five weeks for it, which impacts future games. I think it's a joke. Yeah, oh, it's going to be tough to get rid of because, as I said, <coughs> as we've all agreed to, and I think everyone agrees to, it's like a, 
It's a physics thing. Like, if you want to bring him down, you've got to lose your weight to try and bring him down. If you, like, you're never going to be able to take a player down by keeping your feet and just wrestling with him like that. And so you either got to reward legs tackles so people just chop people, which they haven't done. And that's what's frustrating with this is like, all right, NRL, let's, let's say we go to the NRL and say, we're all on board. We agree with you. That's a hip drop. Well, if you had these plans to, to crack down, why didn't you give clubs and players adequate time to adjust to it? It's the same thing that happened with that magic round, a head high um, situation. Was it a couple of years now? Yep. It's like they're all having a go at the players saying, oh, they've just got to learn a new technique. It's like, well, you sprung it on them in the middle of a season and said, oh, you can know. And also you made this, created this weird narrative as if before that magic round crackdown, you could just do swinging arms to the head. And it's like a head high has been a penalty mm. since forever. Um, so this hip drop stuff, it's, I think for the clear one with the Nanai, it was, I don't think it was intentional. I just think it was, he, he wasn't thinking he was fatigued. With the clear ones with the night, let's come down hard on them. But these ones where, like, it's in the heat, like he just swings around his body, I just think it's going to be... And that's right. I think if the NRL was fed income about this, they would have had referees at training sessions November 1 last year, pre-season, day one, explaining what it is, how to avoid it. Do you feel like... I think- this is getting tinfoil hatty, real tinfoil hatty. <laughs> but like, we what is it? Every twenty four months, we do something like this as a game where we crack down on something. Is it like to create controversy around the game and like it works? And and you know, or to take attention off something else that's going on? <coughs> CBA deal? Yeah, yeah. There's a massive CBA deal, so let's do this hip drop thing. Like I, again, it's, it's complete conspiracy theory, tinfoil hat. But it just seems like I just don't understand. They're like we're pretending that. Players have been la- players have been landing on the back of legs for ages. Like I don't, we, you can find footage of it. I mean, who was it? Um, he had his career ended with a guy accidentally landing on his leg. Oh, that would have been like fucking six years. And, I know we've spoken about it a heap too, but like you're getting guys that are getting simbin because they lose contact and in momentum they end up on feet. How's that a professional foul? <laughs> How are you getting ten in the bin? Oh, the ten in the bin stuff. Like outrageous. it's like if you're going to suspend them for X amount of weeks fine but why are you simbinning them for that just for sure. sometimes we line up punishments of crimes that make no sense and we just ignore the context well of it like completely. so sonny luke got a fine i think so Payne yeah. has got suspended yeah ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What the hell? Like, it, yeah. it just doesn't make it anyway. Um, Sinbin stuff too is getting completely outrageous. Like the the Sinbin today, where did anyone see the Zach Lomax and Waddell situation? Yeah. Like Sinbin for that? What the hell? Like that happens anytime there's a one-on-one steal. There's a bit of a push and shove and a fuffle of what's going on. And going, yeah, 10 in the bin. Like, that could have cost the doggies the game. Like, it nearly did cost them the game. Because, they what, they scored a couple of sets later, didn't they? Yeah. They yeah. Unbelievable. Um, say, same with the... I don't think got 10 in the bin, but we'll get to it. But the Raiders one where Rapana jams in 
and he passes the ball. Oh. He gets done for a late shot. It's like he's a winger jamming in. Like, what, what do you expect? Anyway. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.